Maybe you've noticed our world is covered up in bad news. Our world, I believe, is drowning in this giant rolling tidal wave of bad news. And it seems to be everywhere we look, there's going to be bad news. And everything that we hear, whether we're on the radio or on the internet or on TV, uh, maybe we're talking to folks, everything we hear, it's bad news. It's bad news. And people say, it is bad. And, and we are covered up in bad news. Listen to some of the things we hear today. The economy is bad. The economy's bad. And if somebody points out, well, it's not that bad, then they say, well, it's going to get bad. It's not, it's not going to stay here. It's going to get bad. It's bad. Uh, you listen to folks and the government is bad. The Congress is bad. The Senate's bad. The president's bad. The judges, they're all bad. Uh, this past week, if you voted, I want to tell you, your vote didn't count because it's bad. And if you didn't vote, it's because you didn't care and you're bad. It's bad out there. Uh, go to a restaurant. And the food is bad. Food's bad. And if the food is good, then the service is bad. All the bad service here. It's bad at the restaurant. I go to a game. I go to a game. And it's funny watching these little kids' games. Uh, you go to the game, and, and the players are bad. Players are bad. But if the players are good, then the coaches are bad. The coaches are bad. And, and maybe you're related to the coach, and so the referees. The referees have to be bad. Isn't that right? It's got to be the referee. Bad news everywhere, everywhere. We are covered up in bad news. And if it's not bad enough, we'll start making up bad news. You ever heard of the coronavirus? <laughs> Listen to this. I, just, I wanted to say this. I didn't need to. In the United States of America, it is two and a half times more likely that you would be struck and be killed by lightning than it would that you would die by the coronavirus. And yet we hear, it is bad, it is, it is bad. We are covered up in bad news. Well, listen, I, I, today I want to tell you, and I, I want you to hear me, in the midst of all of that, and I'm talking about this rolling tidal wave, I want to tell you, in the midst of all of that, there is good news today. There is good news today. Do not be misled. Do not be overcome. Do not be overwhelmed. There is good news today, and the good news is Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let me tell you something. As the church, we're to be the broadcasters of that. I think sometimes we forget that. As a church, we're to, we're to be the means of the good news getting out. When the tidal wave comes, our job as the church is we're to be the broadcasters of the good news. This morning, our sermon is entitled, The Message of Much Rejoicing. The Message of Much Rejoicing. Today, we're in Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. Acts chapter 8. Verses four through eight. I'm gonna ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Acts chapter eight, beginning in the fourth verse, and God's word says this. And therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip 
as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful that today, whatever our lot, whatever our condition, whatever state we find ourselves today, that we have good news, that we have a hope that endures, we have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And we're thankful that it's not based upon, not contingent upon us or our faithfulness or our doing things, but it's settled in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm thankful for good news today. I pray that we would, we would first receive that good news. But then I pray as your people of the church that we would be agents, ambassadors, heralds of the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray as we begin to study your word that you would speak to us this morning. I pray that it would not be a normal event, but Lord, I pray as always, it would be a supernatural event that you would speak to your people this morning. Lord, we come and we just tell you we love you. And we worship you and we exalt you. We give this whole service, this hour to you. We pray that you're known and you're glorified through it. We love you and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Remember, once again, as we begin our study today, God is teaching us in the church in the last days by looking at the church in the first days. Now, I've said that many times as we've moved through our study of the book of Acts, but, but I believe that is the point to our study. God is teaching us today in the church as we exist in the last days by looking at the church of the first days. That means today, this morning, we are being instructed as the church. Understand that. Today and this morning as we study, it's not just for a historical lesson, but we are being equipped in the church. And I believe it is just as vital, just as important for us today as it was for them in those first days, those early days. I, I truly believe that. I believe Jesus is coming again very soon. I believe our day is very urgent. And I believe it is just as vital, if not more so, for us to be instructed by the word of God as it was for them in the first day. Now, let me say this. I also believe our topic today is important. I mean important for us to get. Our topic today, I'm glad you're here because our topic today, it is necess it's a necessity that we understand our topic today because we can be very sure eternities hang in the balance. Listen, church, eternities hang in the balance. It is that big of a deal. Eternities actually hang in the balance. And so we're going to go to our verses today and understand God is instructing us in his church today. Starting in verse 4, here we go with the verses. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Now remember, Stephen has been killed for proclaiming the gospel, first professing and then proclaiming the gospel, he has been stoned to death. 
Remember, the Bible said on that very day, in the catalyst of that event, great persecution has broken out against the church. Uh, in the later chaps, chapters of Acts, we see that they are being taken from their homes. They are being imprisoned. They are being beaten. Some of them are being put to death. And so a great persecution has broken out against the church. Well, because of that, the Bible says they have scattered. They have fled. Very simply, we might say in the face of the persecution, in the face of the attacks, they are on the run. Now, last week in our verses, we saw that they have gone to Judea and Samaria, the neighboring areas, the neighboring, uh, the neighboring locations, and they have gone to Judea and Samaria. The word was dysphoria, which, remember the word was like seeds that are thrown to the wind. The persecution breaks out, and it's as if you took seeds and you threw them to the wind, and some went further, and some went not as far, and some fell over here, and they've been scattered diaspora-like seeds. Well, now verse four says, therefore, they have been scattered due to the persecution of the church. Therefore, those who had been scattered. Now, I want to I slow down right here, and I want you to first see this. Those who had been scattered. Understand, it was not the apostles. The Bible says that they stayed in Jerusalem. This, these were the, the believers in Jesus Christ. These weren't the leaders of the church alone. These were the believers in Jesus Christ. They were those who were scattered, the, the believers, the Bible says they went about. Those that were scattered, these believers, they went about. Now that word translates, it's an interesting word, to go about or literally to go through, to go through. They went about, the Bible says, preaching the word. Those believers that were scattered, they went about preaching the word. The word for preaching the word, it's one word that translates evangelizing, sharing the good news. Literally, it literally translates, they are gospelizing. They are, they are actually sharing the good news. And so they went about proclaiming, telling the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so see this this morning. In response, those scattered, those believers, as they go through the cities, as they go through the crowds, as they go through the activities of the day, they tell the gospel. They tell the good news of Jesus. Friends, I want you to hear me this morning. First off, be very clear and understand this morning there is good news. There is good news. It is actually called the gospel and it is the story of salvation through Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin through Jesus Christ for hope in the darkest hour through Jesus Christ. There is good news in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be sure of that. There is good news. 
Well, don't you see the world we're living in? There's good news. Don't you see this is never gonna work out? There is good news. First thing, understand there is good news. The second thing, be sure and understand, the duty of believers is to tell the good news. The duty of believers is to tell the good news. We are to tell the good news. Understand today, and I, I, I know we, we get used to this and we kind of become complacent in this, but I want you to understand, these are the last days. In the last days, men will be insolent, arrogant, lovers of money and lovers of self, revilers, disobedient to parents. Do you recognize the list? In the last days, these are the last days. And I want you to know Jesus is coming again very soon. And while the world is drowning in bad news, while the world can't get a breath because of all the bad news, we in the church are to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. 14 years I've been doing this. Let me tell you what I figured out. That's not deep. That's not deep. There's some deep things in the Bible. There's some deep things. That's not deep. In fact, I'll, I'll just tell you, that sounds dumb. That sounds shallow. Surely there's loftier things to do than that. That sounds very silly, but I need to tell you today, a church that is not clearly, frequently, deliberately, powerfully, joyfully declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ is failing as a church. Well, that's a great church. They have all the things for our kids. They have all the facilities. Listen to me. A church that is not faithfully, deliberately, consistently, joyfully, powerfully declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are failing as a church. And while we're at it, let me just tell you, a believer, a Christian that is not clearly, frequently, deliberately, powerfully joyfully declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are failing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. The Bible says they went through preaching the good news. They went through their day. They went through the cities. They went through the country. They went through preaching the good news. Dear Lord, let that be us. Let that be us. Listen, I, I don't know. I want to make sure you understand this. Do you know the sole purpose that God has left us here? And I've gone over this and I've looked at the verses. The sole reason that God has placed us here, the sole reason that he has not come back. Listen, he's not come back for a, for a singular reason and that reason is that we would share the good news with lost people. Listen, it's better in heaven. Listen, there's no trouble in heaven. We're like Christ in heaven. All we do is worship in heaven. He has not come back. The sole reason he has left us here is that we would share the good news with lost folks. That's what the Bible teaches. Let me tell you, in these last days, and the Bible said it would happen, in the last days, we've become so narcissistically self-focused that we've lost being joyfully gospel-focused. 
And I watch people and it's all about me and it's all about what I want. It's all about what I get. It's all about my image. It's all about my reputation. And we've become so narcissistically self-focused that we've stopped being joyfully gospel-focused. Listen, it is a joy to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is an awesome, joyous thing to tell folks of the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something I regret. And some won't like it. And I don't care. I'm going to tell you something I regret. I have let people who would not cross the street to tell somebody about Jesus Christ slow me down and wear me out as time runs short to tell people about Jesus Christ. Forgive me, Lord. Our job is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why you exist. That is why I exist. That is why Calvary Baptist Church exists. Our duty is to tell folks there is good news in Jesus Christ. Therefore, those who have been scattered went about preaching the word. I picture that. What an awesome thing. Verse five, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. Now, Philip is one of the seven chosen with Stephen in Acts chapter six. He is described also as a man that was filled with the spirit, full of the spirit, full of godly wisdom. The Bible says one with a good reputation. Well, verse five says, as they are scattered, this man, Philip, he went down to the city of Samaria. Now, when we think of somebody going down, we think of somebody's going south. We go down south. That's what's, that's what's down is south. Well, he doesn't go south. He actually goes 40 miles north. But it is a drop in elevation. And so he's up on the flat plain of Jerusalem there inside the mountain range and he actually goes down a drop in elevation to, from Jerusalem to the city there of Samaria. Now understand the context of where he goes. Samaria was full of a mixed set of people. These were Jews that had fled, Jews that had left, and they had mixed with the pagan nations, the, the foreign nations, those that were around. And so they were a culture that was mixed. However, they had heard of the coming of the Messiah because of their Jewish background. Yes, they had mixed with the pagan world. Yes, they had taken on the pagan customs, but they had heard of the coming of the Messiah due to their Jewish background. Now, it is interesting, no real Jew would go to Samaria. They wouldn't go to Samaria. They hated the Samarians. They thought they were dogs. That's what it says. They thought they were savages. They thought these were people that they were not worth their time. And so understand, had this not happened, they would have never heard the gospel. And so understand, it is in this scattering, it is in this spreading, this shaking of the seed that the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out. Now here, it is about 40 miles. 
Philip goes down to the city of Samaria, and it is about a 40-mile journey. I looked yesterday. I had a little time, and so I looked. From Jerusalem to Vernon, Texas, is 11,417.3 miles, give or take maybe a tenth if you stop somewhere. Google Maps says there's no road from Vernon to Jerusalem. I looked. It gets you to the coast and then it ends suddenly there. There is no road that goes to Jerusalem. But I want to tell you, it is in this scattering that the gospel exists in Vernon, Texas. It is in the scattering of the gospel that people that would not have heard hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Philip goes down. He began, the Bible says, to proclaim Christ to them. Now, these words are very important. Proclaiming, uh, the, 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 the definition of proclaiming, the word pro, for proclaiming is to proclaim publicly. Now, there's a, a word to proclaim privately, but this is the word to proclaim publicly. It is to herald. It is to broadcast. And so I want you to understand, when Philip goes down 40 miles to the city of Samaria, he's not slipping around whispering the gospel. He doesn't say, well, Stephen has died. This is not a, a popular message. He's not sliding around, slipping people information about the gospel. He is broadcasting the good news of Jesus Christ. When he goes through, when he goes in, and when he passes around, he is broadcasting the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the word. Listen, we need to get to broadcasting the good news. I was thinking about this. We need to get to broadcasting the good news. It is absolutely insanely crazy that CNN or Fox News will be louder than the church of Jesus Christ. It is absolutely insanely crazy that the Super Bowl halftime will be louder than the church of Jesus Christ. It is absolutely crazy that all of the bad news will be louder than the church of Jesus Christ. It is insane. We're talking more about the coronavirus than we are the Savior from sin, Jesus Christ. The good news is to be broadcast. Let me show you something interesting. Now, I know I'm weird, but I think this is interesting. Says he went down to the city of Samaria and he began to proclaim Christ to them. Now, we might read across that. We might understand that. He began to proclaim Christ to them. You see, the Jews were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the Christ. They had been promised the Messiah. They had been promised the Christ, the Savior from God, the anointed one from God. That's the Messiah, that is the Christ. They are looking for the Savior. They are looking for the Christ. Now, Jesus has proclaimed that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And I want you to understand here in this verse, how, how awesome it is that now those two words have become interchangeable. If you're preaching Jesus, then you're proclaiming Christ. 
And if you're proclaiming Christ, then you're preaching Jesus. And how awesome that the word is now interchangeable. He is one in the same. Now all of that, preaching Christ or preaching Jesus, all of that is called the good news. Now listen, that, that's pretty deep. That's pretty awesome. If you're gonna preach the good news, you're gonna preach Jesus Christ. And if you're gonna preach Jesus Christ, you're gonna preach the Messiah. And if you're preaching the Messiah, you're preaching the gospel. As you preach Jesus, you're preaching the good news of Christ. Man, I wanna tell you this. And boy, I hope we know this. Without Jesus, there is no good news. Without Jesus, there is no good news. And I want to tell you, if the message is not Jesus, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not the good news. If you're not hearing about Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Savior from God, the risen King, if you're not hearing Jesus, you're not hearing the good news. Remember the angel at the birth of Jesus? Now I read that and go, man, that's profound. Jesus is the Christ, the Christ is Jesus. Both of those are good news. All of that's the message. Remember the angel at the birth of Jesus? I bring you what? Good news, the gospel. That born for you today in the city of David, it's gonna be Jesus in the city of David, is a savior who is Christ the Lord. If you're going to preach Christ, you're going to preach Jesus. And if you preach Jesus, brother, you're preaching the good news. Jesus is the Christ, and that is good news. Friends, I, I, want, to, I want to say something. In, in 2020, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to be sure of something. I, I see all the stuff and, and all these things pinning our hopes on different things. I want to, I want to say this. When will there be a revival? Aren't you ready for a revival? And I'm not talking about a four-day service where everybody comes. I'm talking about a movement of God. When will there be a revival? When will there be good news in our city? And sometimes we get our eyes all pegged on other cities. I'm talking about Vernon, Texas. When will there be good news in Vernon, Texas? When will there be good news in our nation? Aren't you ready for good news? Don't you want to turn on the TV and say, they're getting along and they love each other and the Savior of all these people is Jesus Christ and it's a great day. Aren't you ready for good news? When is there going to finally be good news in our nation? It is, it is going to be when we start preaching Jesus Christ. I, I was looking and I, I went and just looked at a bunch of sermons that were preached across our nation and you can listen and you can listen and I, and I heard what to do when the walls are high and what to do when the stones are coming in and what to do when you're at this and how to have this if you want that and if this is bad, this will make it better. I heard all those messages and I wanna tell you, we will have good news in our nation. We will have good news in our city. There will be a revival that will spring up when we quit preaching every Mickey Mouse thing except Jesus Christ and we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. That's when there'll be a revival. There is only one hope. Is it in Jesus? There's only one peace and it's in Jesus. There's only one Savior. It's in Jesus. What a waste of breath to talk about anything but 
Jesus. That wasn't even part of the sermon. That just broke out. Verse 6 now. We got a whole other hour. That says 9.50 up there. <laughs> Verse 6. And the crowds with one accord were given attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw signs which he was performing. For in the case, verse 7, of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. The verse says, the two verses say, the crowds listened to Philip with one accord. That means they were all listening. It says they were giving attention. They are listening to Philip. It says they heard and they saw signs and in the second verse, it says very specifically the casting out of demons. Now, I want to explain this. It's going to become big for the rest of the chapter. I want to explain this. The signs validated the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to tell you about a man that was alive, and he died for sin, and he's alive again, resurrected. And the sign would confirm the message of the gospel. It would add validity. It would confirm the validity of the truth of the gospel message. These are the last days. And the last days are going to be marked with false teachings. And so I want to stop here and I want to show you something. And it's going to be important for the church that's trained for the last days. And I want you to be sure and hear what I'm saying. Listen all the way through this. Today, we do not have the ability to do signs and wonders. Now listen, God does, and he does them. And I'll tell you, listen, I believe in the miraculous things of God. There's folks that say, well, our pastor doesn't believe in miracles. Listen, brother, I've seen miracles. I believe in the miraculous things of God. But I want to tell you, the person who can cast out demons, the person who can heal on demand, that's their gift and they can always do it, the person that can prophesy the future, they no longer exist with us after the death of the apostles. Now, now stay with me, Satan gets us here. Listen, we know our God is powerful. We know our God is the God of the miraculous and, and we feel like we have to show that. We feel like we have to defend that. Well, if God's working, you're going to have to see that. And so there are some today, and they're trying to manufacture that. And, and I want to tell you, it is Satan's plan that we have failed to see the most miraculous thing of all, the most amazing thing of all, the most God-glorifying thing of all is when a lost sinner who is dead in their sins, who is condemned in their sin, who has no hope because of their sin, when they repent and they believe and they are saved. Friends, that is awesome. That is tremendous. That is miraculous. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation and we should cheer when a sinner is saved. I watch people today and it's a growing movement. It's right around us. And they come along and it, it breeds a spiritual elitism. It makes you wonder, well, what's wrong with me? It makes you wonder what's wrong with my dad's faith who died of cancer. It makes me wonder, well, what, well who, whose sin was it that caused that? 
And it's a, it's a form of spiritual elitism. They have something I don't have. And I watch people today and they want to talk about who spoke a word of prophecy, who spoke a word of prophecy, and come at nine o'clock and we're going to speak a word of prophecy. I hear people, they talk about who got healed and who got healed and they got healed and they played softball later that day. Who got healed? Listen to me, friends. I'd rather talk about who in the blood of Jesus Christ got forgiven and saved and is redeemed in the greatest miracle of all. God, help us when salvation is no longer impressive to his people any longer. You see, Satan's plan is that people would chase after signs and miss the Savior. Man, we, we had all the signs. We had all the signs, and when they weren't impressive enough, we looked for greater signs, but we missed our Savior, Jesus. It's always been the trick of Satan. All right, verse 8. Now listen to verse 8. It's pretty awesome. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Christians been persecuted. Stephen's been killed. They've been chased out of town. The gospel's been preached. Signs and wonders are confirming the gospel. They're hearing the gospel. So there was much rejoicing in that city. That is an awesome verse. So there was much rejoicing in that city, that word much, so there was much rejoicing, that word much, it's hard to translate, it is a big pile. If you have a big pile, a much is a bigger pile. I don't know how to say it, maybe route two we'd say, it is a bunch, it is a lot, it is a bunch of rejoicing. In that city, there is a bunch of rejoicing going on. Rejoicing means this, and I thought this made the whole sermon. Rejoicing means, listen, gladness. It literally translates a gladness of heart. A gladness, there is much, there is much, there's a bunch of gladness of heart. I want you to hit that, let that hit you today. There is the gladness of heart. Oh, folks, listen this morning. You may be covered up in bad news today. And I don't know what your situation is. I may have heard about it, but you may be absolutely covered up in bad news today. Your heart may be broken today. The government may have turned against you. Your friends may have abandoned you. The economy may have ruined you. You may even get coronavirus. But I want to tell you, if you have Jesus Christ, you can be glad in your heart. There can be gladness in your heart. Oh, there's a risen Savior. There can be gladness in your heart. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Praise the Lord. There is good news today. Jesus saves. I don't know how you came in here, but you ought to walk in here with the gladness in your heart. Oh, we have a Savior we're forgiven. We have a future. We're redeemed. There's gladness, much gladness in a believer's heart. There is good news. Jesus saves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. I, Lord, I just tell you, I'm, I'm sorry. I am sorry and I repent 
of the fact that sometimes I lose my track that we're supposed to be leading people to Christ. We study the Bible that we might lead people to Christ. We endure and persevere that we might lead people to Christ. We worship you that we would be encouraged and lead people to Christ. Lord, I pray that I would and we would and this church would be testifiers to the good news that we would urge folks to find Christ, that we would compel them to find, to receive Jesus Christ, that we would implore them, these are your words, Lord, that we would go out and we would, we would go to the hedgerows and the, and, the, and the street and the byways and we, we would hit the bushes and we would compel them that there's a, there's a Savior, there is a Savior. We would broadcast the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us in that. And then most of all, Lord, I come and I, I ask that you'd help us in that, but I also thank you that there is good news. I thank you that there is good news. I praise you for it. I thank you that it doesn't end with an economy, doesn't end with the president, doesn't end in a, in a graveyard, but it ends in glorious peace where you tell me that the former things will have passed away and there'll be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more tears, for you will wipe them from our eyes. Lord, I praise you for that. Lord, we come and we just, we just worship you as we close this out. We praise you as we close this out. We thank you as we close this out. We submit to you. You are our king. You are, you are our hope. You are the Christ, and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.